0: You are listening to the vocal audio only version of the Festival Freaks podcast. If you want to listen to the full version of the Festival Freaks podcast, please log on to our SoundCloud page, Festival Freaks Radio. Also make sure to check out our social media pages, which are Festival Freaks Radio. Thank you so much. Continue to show your love, spread your love, and radiate positivity. Enjoy the episode. Hello, all my Festival Freaks. Welcome back to another episode of the Festival Freaks podcast here on Festival Freaks Radio. Redundant, I know, but we're back for another episode, episode 24. This week, I am very excited to bring a special guest who, honestly, ever since I started this podcast about a year and a half ago, I've been wanting this person to come on for a podcast, and now I finally have her as a special guest. Amanda Cosenza, did I pronounce your last name correct?
1: Yeah, you nailed it. There we go.
0: Amanda, (laughs) she runs her page, Where's Amanda. She is the festival aficionado, I like to say in my own words. But she basically is a content creator. She does a lot of work with music festivals. She used to be a corporate zombie, and now she's doing something that she loves. And um, basically, in my opinion, she ultimately, you know... Found a place in the festival industry, which is a lot of what we are striving to do, all of us, whether it be behind the scenes or talent-facing, and she is doing what she loves, she's succeeding at it, and I would say that you are financially stable doing this, so those are the three things. (laughs) Getting there. Yeah, you know, we all got to deal with that, Uncle Sam and everything, but why not give a little background about yourself, you know, I've been talking too much, so... Take I love it. Away,
1: it. I think you covered it. Thank you for all the awesome words. It's always it's always interesting to hear somebody else kind of like summarize your story, you know, because. Mm-hmm. It- definitely been a lot of cool stuff. I'd say there was, you know, a lot of trials and tribulations along the way Um, going from, you know, am I going to quit my job? Can I even do this? What am I going to do once I quit my job? You know, how am I going to support myself? And then I lived as a, what I like to call digital nomad uh, or gypsy as some people Mm -hmm. like to phrase it. Um, For about two and a half years, I was fully on the road. So technically crashed at my parents' house in between gigs and stuff like that, but just was traveling from Festival to festival, and just taking all the funds that I would spend on rent and spending them on travel instead. But now I'm slowing things down a bit. Um, I live in Denver, Colorado now. So I have an apartment again. It's so nice to have a home, but definitely kind of slowing down my travel or kind of forcing me onto the production side a little bit more of festivals. Um, yes. So I've been doing those kind of gigs a lot more lately. Um, I think I like being a content creator better, but.
0: Definitely. We'll see. I
1: like to experiment and try a lot of things.
0: Well, it was very exciting because I know that you had just spent two weeks in Costa Rica for Envision Festival and that you got back not too long ago. Well, first off, how was that? Because that's something that's been on my bucket list for a long time.
1: Envision's incredible. I mean, the festival takes place where the ocean and the jungle meet, so you can go see the sunset on the beach. And then you can go under all the trees and see closey play you know like a 2 a.m set yeah. so it's absolutely just the best music best vibes i think working it just gave me a completely different perspective you know mm-hmm. at the end of the day festivals are a commercial enterprise
0: Definitely. and it's
1: easy to forget that when you know you're wrapped up in all the beauty and you're with your friends and it's also magical that you're like oh wait this is a business and so i think that part of it kind of just like opened my eyes a little bit, like pulled back the curtain, as I like to say.
0: Definitely, I um, so I've had the opportunity to volunteer with the crew um, over at Bonnaroo mm-hmm. for the past two years, and mm-hmm. very much similar to like you said, you know, you get to see this festival come to life, and like you said, it pulls mm-hmm. the curtain behind a lot of the magic that's going on. Uh, I have a funny story regarding that too. Um, you ever hear of the festival Minus Zero? Mm. Well, it was a festival that happened on Mount Snow in 2017. And if you talk to people that went to it, they're like, oh, my God, it was so beautiful. It was so amazing. Zed's Dead was playing and it started snowing. And I talked to a guy who worked the the production for that. And he's just like, you know, we had that staged, right? Like we turned on the snowblower machines right as soon as they were playing to make everyone feel that way. So, like, like you said, (laughs) it pulls back the curtain a little bit, but I know... I know at Envision Festival that you were doing, what was it, sponsorship coordination? Is that correct?
1: Yeah, so basically all the... So it's really cool in the festival space is when you have sponsors, they try to set up what's called activation. So they want to do something that's interactive and cool. So at Bonnaroo, you know, you're getting free pizza rolls. State Farm has its like community service type houses, you know, like there's all these different things that you can go to. And usually you're giving like your email or something in exchange for like a freebie. And like, you know, the brand's marketing to you, but like, you don't really care because you're like, oh, this is a cool experience. Like, I don't even mind it, you know? Definitely. Um, So that's what we were doing at Envision, but Envision's super interesting because There's, like, no single use. There's no pop-up tents. Everything's made out of bamboo. So my job was basically to make sure that these activations were, like, following the guidelines very in line with the festival, but then also, like, giving people a cool experience. So we had, like, a henna tattoo parlor. We had a tea lounge, you know, things like that to really make people feel like they got... We had, like, cell phone charging stations. So they get, like, a value out of it.
0: Would you say that the Envision Festival code... Is very similar to the Burning Man code with the whole leave no trace kind of ideology, in that, you know, we're uh, reduce, reuse, recycle, taking care of the environment, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, I think Burning Man has some more of like self reliance type, you know, personal principles, but Envision very much has that like big, they call it the ethos or the seven pillars. I mean, Bonnaroo has, like, the Bonnaroovian code, but that's more of just, like, looking out for each other type things, yep. whereas inclusion is really about, like, sustainability and make, like, leaving the place better than we found it and stuff like that.
0: It's really cool because, you know, it opens your eyes to certain aspects of the worlds that... Um You know, although music festivals are fun and exciting and have, like, the love and all that, you know, there's a mission behind a lot of them. And that's really cool to see that Envision embodies kind of a mission that they want the people to attend to carry on with the rest of their lives, so... We're cool. Respect that. Yeah. Respect that.
1: Especially too, because festivals are so invasive to the environment that they come in, you know, yes. especially when you have single-use cups and all the cutlery and things like that. Like That adds up and creates a huge impact on the environment. So... I like festivals that kind of have that at top of mind. Um, I went to this one in Nashville called Deep Tropics. Okay, and it was only in its second year, and it already had a reusable cup program in place. So, like when you'd go to the bar, you'd pay like a little deposit, yeah, and then you'd get your cup, and then you would like return the cup, and they'd give you like a little like token or something like that. And then later, when you want to go get another drink, you'd use that token, and so that the cups were being washed and reused versus just like thrown out.
0: Very cool. And, you know, whenever I think about sustainability, I always think about confetti cannons because they're just they're just shooting (laughs) the paper into the sky and you're just like, oh, no. But hopefully everybody just picks it up at the end. But back to you, I know that you said and it's highlighted in your bio everywhere that you were a corporate zombie turned content (laughs) creator. So um, explain what you were doing before you were like, ah, I've had it. Enough is enough. Obviously you don't want to throw the company that you used to work for under the bus, but you know, explain it. Yeah, no,
1: I actually I worked for a great company. I had a really awesome job. Like I did consulting. I was making a ton of money. I was getting to travel. I had enough like hotel points to send my parents to Europe for like 10 days. Like I had That's like nice. a really good life, but like I was just so unhappy. And I was just looking at everything in my life and I was like, okay, I have a good job with benefits. I'm getting paid. Well, like, you know, I live in a cool city. Like what, why am I just so unhappy? And I think it's just because for me, I am such a passionate person with everything I do. And like when I first started my job, I was like doing extra hours, volunteering for, you know, team building stuff, like going above and beyond. And then I just kind of got like burnt out. I think I was working like 80 hour weeks and Yeah, and I really just think that I just, like, overworked myself. But then I realized that, like, everybody around me kind of liked the subject matter. Like, I was doing anti-money laundering investigations. So, you know, helping to get out against human trafficking and things like that. Like, looking into people's bank accounts. And so it was, like, a fairly rewarding job. I just, like, started kind of having... Before I started working the 80 hour weeks, when I was just doing like a 40 hour week, I'm, I'm always just like a high energy person. Like I need to be doing extracurriculars. Like I, I mean, right now I have what, like a YouTube channel, a podcast Instagram, <laughs> and Instagram. Always, I'm always like doing and trying new things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so when I had my like just 40 hours a week, I was like, I need to fill this time so i started blogging on the side started going to concerts and covering them i went to my first music festival and covered it for this like local charlotte media outlet and really started to do the media thing on the side and was like wow i love this way more than my regular job like let me and then once i started doing the 80 hours and i couldn't do both i was like well forget this regular job like i want to go do the thing that i don't have time to do anymore
0: exactly yeah
1: And so, so yeah, like, wasn't, it it wasn't bad. It just, for me, I just could feel something like deep down, like wasn't lining up. And I was just, I was fortunate. Like I knew that if I, if I saved up enough money that I I could make that change. So I was like, okay, I need to stop being so sad. I need to just like get my life together. (laughs) Like figure out what are the next steps that's going to make me happy and like make sure that I'm waking up and not calling my mom and being like, man, I hate my life. Cause like, I have no reason to hate my life. Like there's no reason for me to not like what I was doing because I have, you know, so many opportunities out there.
0: Definitely agree. But obviously when it comes to, you know, promoting your own business or almost doing an entrepreneurial type mindset of a living, you know, you need to have certain um, personality traits that it seems like you embody, like being mm-hmm. hardworking and putting in the extra effort and going and above and beyond. And, you know, if I get no sleep, I get no sleep. It's okay. At the end of the day, I'm doing what I love. So like, mm-hmm. what are some of those qualities in your head that you're like, these are what you need if you want to succeed?
1: Um, I think one of the first ones that comes to mind is like understanding that like just because you're doing work for free doesn't mean it has a doesn't have a value. Mm-hmm. You know I think once you reach a certain once you reach a certain point and you have a certain skill level that's okay. But people that are like oh I'm not gonna volunteer because like I'm too good for that. But like if you've never worked a festival and your resume is only finance, like maybe you need to volunteer and do something. You know so at least you have that on your resume. You know exactly. like kind of people like, get this like ego to them and are like, you know, I'm, I'm too good for that or something like that. And you kind of have to like really just put your ego aside. I mean, I, you know, went from being like a senior consultant at this nice firm to being like an intern basically.
0: All it is right. a little ironic though that you say that because the events industry is very ego driven because I work mm-hmm. for an event production company, you know, mm-hmm. outside of all the work where I'm putting in this channel. And, um, you know, I've come to notice that a lot of these people are very, very egotistical and
1: mm-hmm.
0: credit to the both of us for being people that can you know, push ego right? aside and like just do the work that you got to do. So.
1: I think at a certain point there does become a tipping point where you need to get paid for your skills. You know, like for me, with like if, for the example with my Instagram, like if a brand just wants to send me a product and it's a very low value product, I don't really have any like use for it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, sorry, right, you're gonna have to pay me to make this content yeah you know it's like it's like a really dope product and it's high quality and it's something that i've been wanting for a while and it's like a brand that like maybe is another entrepreneur or something like that you know that those especially if it's somebody that's like hustling i'm like yeah we'll we'll like make some sort of collab but i've like worked hard to build my audience on instagram and like you know build this kind of uh portfolio and like i'm also a photographer so i can offer like high quality pictures it's not just going to be me you know, with a selfie on my iPhone, it's going to be edited and it's going to have, you know, my like creativeness behind it. And like, I've, I've earned that because I've been doing it for a couple of years now. Whereas when I was first starting or even to with like writing. Yeah. I started off as like a writer for the longest time and I would just do it in exchange for tickets. But there was also a lot of articles that I just wrote because I knew it was going to help the media outlet grow and get me more tickets down the line because we would get approved from the things. Of but course. now a lot of my writing is I do I do paid writing because that's like part of my income stream now is being a freelance writer. Yeah. So it's kind of just like, you have to think long-term and like, especially now that I'm kind of hitting like year three, like this summer will be the third year. I've been kind of just like figuring all this out, yeah. um, having that long term mindset, like you have to be patient
0: Definitely. because
1: I, there were many times I thought about going back and getting a real job or not real job, but you know what I mean? Like, having having one full-time job again. Yeah. There's been many times where I've kind of stopped and thought like, do, do I jump out now? Do I do I wait? You know, and I think, I think you just have to like have that patience. And then I think another skill is organization. If you can't stay on top of your emails, I mean, right now I have like seven tabs open on my computer, <laughs> three, of them, three of them are three separate email accounts that I like have to be checking constantly. And if you can't figure out some sort of system to stay on top of it, like, you're going to miss things. And like, I'd say probably 70% of my job is emails right now.
0: Definitely. So organization, yeah. You know, don't have an ego and be willing. Patient. Yeah. And be patient. And, you know, um, it's, it's crazy that you say that because like you said, you know, you've come to the point now where you've earned the credibility where you can start saying things like, I will do this content for you, but uh, I'm not doing it for free and stuff like that. And it's very cool that, you know, another aspect of your work is like you mentioned, photography and you're doing endorsements for brands and things like that. You know, it Mm -hmm. seems like that came down the road with building your credibility, so.
1: Exactly, and also having confidence. Like for me, when people ask me what I do, I mean, another thing that we haven't talked about yet is um, I own a marketing agency. Mm -hmm. And we do social media management for like big festival brands and festivals themselves. And we do influencer marketing. I mean, Shaq's Funhouse just hired us to do a project. So for me, it it, like took me a while to say like, Hey, I own a market. I co-own a marketing agency, you know, and it still feels, it feels weirder. Even if you want to say like, I'm a content creator. Like anytime somebody asks me, like I, and I'm trying to get better at it, but like, Confidence is definitely like the thing I'm trying to get better at this year. But just be able to like own it and say like, yes, I do these things, you totally. know, Cause it's not always easy, especially when people are like, oh, you know, I'm an accountant or something like that. And it's like such an easy sentence for them to say.
0: <laughs> exactly. And, you know, especially for us entrepreneurs, it's just like we we don't just specify on one thing. It's a wide mm-hmm. range of things that we can do and talents that we have that, you know, show that we're of value to people. So, yeah. Festival talk, let's let's yeah. let's move off that, more towards yep. festival talk. Um, what was the first festival that you ever went to, ever been to that you know, kind of made you have this eye-opening moment, like, this is what I love, this is what I love going to, and this is what I love doing?
1: Yeah, so my first one was technically a reggae fest in 2011, but it was just like a one-day festival, but it still was cool to kind of get the vibe of like all day of music. Yeah. And then my first full-blown festival was Counterpoint 2012. Um, it was in Atlanta. It was, it's crazy to like look back at the table. It was $150 for Avicii, Bass Nectar, Pretty Lights, Skrillex. Like, basically every, Axo and Grosser, like every moon that you could think of was on this lineup. Zed was at like a 2 p.m. slot. It's like crazy to like-
0: 2012, that was like the birth of it all. That was like <laughs> really at the beginning well,
1: of it. to this day, my favorite Skrillex set I've ever seen. We were like, one person away from the rail. And it was like the, it was like during his like heavy days. And it yep. was just, it was, I'm like getting chills just like thinking about it. Cause like <laughs> I thought it, at one point Skrillex like jumped up on the decks and I thought he was gonna like jump onto us in the crowd. Cause he just had that much like energy just like pulsing through him. It was, it was nuts, but it was, yeah. It was one of those things where it's like we had no cell phone service. That was back, I don't even know if I had an iPhone yet, to be honest, Definitely. because all of my pictures are from, like, a disposable camera, and, like, I had a digital, that was back when you used to bring, like, a digital camera around with you, like, yeah. I... Have a
0: little, have it hanging around your wrist just in case, so you don't lose yeah,
1: it. Totally. Yeah, totally, and, like, I don't even know if I brought my digital camera, because I was afraid of it getting broken. I think I just have, like, like, disposable camera pictures that we took, and it was just... It was so fun. We like went to Walmart and got like neon shirts and like cut them off because we just like didn't know what to wear. That because, was that was I what it was back, back then. Something. Yeah.
0: That's what it was I didn't back even
1: then. have like, I didn't love a DM show before then and like just full went into this like festival and stuff like that. So yeah, that was kind of, and then I kind of took a little bit of a break and then I would say 2016, Bonnaroo. I like went to a few, like 2016, I think I went to seven festivals. And wow. Bonnaroo that year, I just had an awesome crew. And I was just like, yeah, I need to do this more often. Like, I I love this.
0: <laughs> Bonnaroo 2016, that was the year that Grizz probably played like seven sets all throughout the weekends.
1: Yep. <laughs> yep. I saw he played like one in the campsite and they like broke the guy's truck because they were like bouncing so hard on it. And we like walked by it and the axle was just like completely off, and I was like, this is so wild! Like, what is going on? I love this place, I never wanna leave.
0: (laughs) Bonnaroo is definitely the possibly my favorite magical place in the world for festivals. There's so many though, you know, it's hard to count. I
1: know people people ask me that question all the time and I'm like I I can't. Like each the experience that I get at Electric Forest is completely different than the experience I get at like Bonnaroo, for example.
0: Each to their own right. They all have their their yeah. certain things that make them special. Um let's see. Next question. Did I was listening to your podcast. If you didn't know, amanda does a podcast so go listen out shameless plug right there but um first episode i listened to you started talking about your favorite venues in the united states and you said red rocks the gorge and the brooklyn mirage and like i live in like in new york city so i was just like like brooklyn brooklyn mirage love that place um go there all the time during the summer so I guess we'll play a little game of Fuck, Marry, Kill right now. If you had to choose between those three venues.
1: Oh. Okay. I think I would marry the Gorge just because it's... Well, also, too, you can camp there. It's, like, just multifunctional. Okay. 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 Multifunction for marriage. Um, Oh, I think I would have to kill the Brooklyn Mirage. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I get it.
0: I would say the same.
1: and then the gorge, or not the gorge, Red Rocks, you know, it's, it's just good for a night. You can hit it and quit it. That's all you, really <laughs> all you really need is like one magical night at Red Rocks and like you're good.
0: Yo, amen to that. And in your podcast episode, you said like, you said something about Dave Matthews throwing the three night run at the gorge. And I was like, oh, yeah. she knows. She knows it's up. Like, I've I can a-
1: see your poster in the background right here. Oh, yeah. A Dave Matthews. I love it.
0: See them right there. Yeah, those were Jones Beach <laughs> concerts. I've seen him maybe 15 times. so.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Yes, I would love, I mean, I love EDM, don't get me wrong, but like at the Gorge, I would love to see like, yeah, like a Dave Matthews band or somebody like that that's just going to like jam out for hours. Because I saw, yep. I went there for Sasquatch Festival, so I saw like Modest Mouse and like Lizzo and like Cold War Kids and it was great, don't get me wrong, but like I would love just a little more like
0: jam. A little band. more jam, little, little, I'm freezing. McGree, little sts Something like that. that. Yeah. Very cool. So, yeah, if you haven't listened to her podcast yet, definitely go check it out. It's on all platforms Spotify, Apple Music, all of them. You did it through Anchor, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Anchor is an awesome way to do a podcast. I am starting to put our podcast on Anchor. So, shout outs to yeah. that. Um, other people, if you want to listen to this podcast anywhere else but SoundCloud, soon it will be available on other platforms. So, there you Great. go. Um, so now back to you know modern festivals are kind of what's going on right now um, so Okeechobee festival just happened this past weekend but as we know ultra music festival got cancelled yeah. and um, you know I've been doing a lot of research on what's going on and from festival owl owl to a bunch of other sources they're saying that no one wants to be the headline no one wants to be like X festival was has correlation to mass coronavirus outbreak and i wanted to get your thoughts on that like i know it's a touchy subject that people in the festival industry are worried about right now but um yeah i think
1: i think ultra is an interesting one because ultra has this kind of weird history with the city you know last year they made them move to a different venue then they kind of let them back and they you know there's a lot of unrest over it so like I mean, South by Southwest did also just recently cancel. So when Ultra kind of canceled at first, I was like, mm, is this really because they're worried about the coronavirus? Or was like the city just kind of looking for any excuse to be like, oh, nope, you guys can't happen this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. they just have so much like turmoil. But also, Ultra is very international. You know like when you go there their are big things everybody holding up the flags from all their countries so you have all these people flying in from different places and i think with like okeechobee happening okeechobee's not as like international you know it's a lot more locals and stuff like that yep and i think the festival is already happening like you're not going to cancel it a couple days before because the reason that they're canceling it in advance is because they're worried that it's just going to keep doubling because the virus just is spreading at such this rapid rate that while right now it may feel contained, they're worried in like a month that it's not going to be there. And I mean, South Bay Southwest was really interesting to me because I didn't realize it was that many people, but I guess it's also a lot of people traveling. Um, I'm kind of patiently waiting for Coachella. To mm. see what they're gonna do because it's all what the local government says right now. There's no federal mandate, so it's just a county, you know, by county thing. And yeah. there's you know, people going both directions because, for me, fortunately, a lot of my income now comes from more digital marketing. You know, I have clients that I don't have to be at their event. You know, it doesn't rely on it. It's, yeah. I do marketing for them all year round. Whereas if I had chosen to go the photography route, all my friends that are photographers like. They have to work the event. The event has to happen for them to get paid. Mm-hmm. So anybody that had a gig at South by Southwest, that's just income that just disappears for them.
0: Definitely. and, then and-
1: that's the that They choose to have, but still like that's going to be, or artists that, you know, like all the ultra artists are still going to get their deposit because they, you know, usually they have to put some money down to get them on the lineup and stuff like that, but they're not going to see the rest of that income
0: definitely and you know it's not even just like these big scale events like I told you I work for an event production company yeah. and we do a lot of work in Westchester County which is just north of New York City and you know we mm-hmm. had two events in the next week get postponed till further date because you know yeah. parents are worried about stuff like that and uh, but um, you know it's crazy because they'll also use terminology like postponed instead of canceled I,
1: yeah you like read my mind I was just gonna say that cuz that's what ultra said it was like. yeah on to 2021, it's like okay, so the 2020 events just canceled.
0: Like, so does why? that mean? Does that mean like everybody that paid for tickets is gonna get a ticket for next year? Is it gonna be refunded to them? Like, what is Ultra trying to basically create a loophole so they don't have to pay back a bunch of people?
1: Yeah, supposedly today we're supposed to get more information, but we were supposed to have that information on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if they there isn't a refund method, that people are going to raise too much hell to where it's just not even going to be worth it for them, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe they'll try to find a loophole. I think it's just, I think it was more of wording from the city. Because I think the city legally can't cancel the event, but they can postpone it. Mm-hmm. and so i think maybe it's more of on the legalities but well, we'll see like i like the one that i'm like i said waiting for is coachella to see what they're gonna do because that's two weekends yeah festival like that's a lot and that's like i think ultra maybe is like thirty thousand a day maybe bigger but like coachella is a hundred thousand a day yeah so that's a massive event and those are people that fly i mean again ultra too but like people that fly from like australia for uh, Coachella and stuff like that. So I'm very, I'm very curious to see what this week holds. Um, Part of me like kinda, you know, wants it to be canceled because I want us to like make it a priority. You know what I mean? Like getting this whole situation under control.
0: Yes. But then
1: part of me is like, isn't there other ways that we can get this under control other than canceling events? So I just, I don't know this. I'm not a scientist, so I don't know the solutions but I just wish there was a better one.
0: I, I know, I wish. It's just so annoying because our festivals are getting canceled, the things that we love to go and do. And it's, you know, um, my whole perspective on it is that um, that the virus will soon enough begin to fade away and that, um, you know, even though, even though it is a deadly virus, it's just like we're panicking people to the point where they don't even want to leave their house anymore. And mm. how is something as like a little virus going to stop people from living their everyday lives and festivals are a part of people's everyday lives especially when you put money down to go to this festival and yeah i understand that the outbreak and the hysteria and people dying is causing people to panic but if you're looking at the numbers i mean my opinion is that i think festivals should still go on but hey i'm not a scientist either so i don't really know
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's one of my, that's why I was kind of like, you know, when Ultra first canceled, I was like, oh, you know, this is maybe the city. But then when South by Southwest canceled, I was like, okay, maybe this is something we should take a little more serious because South by Southwest has a great relationship with the city of Austin and it's been going on for however many years. And it's, you know, so many companies are involved in South by Southwest and just like the magnitude of it. Um just kind of like really surprised me and made me kind of take a step back and be like, Oh, like maybe this is a big deal, but if this is such a big deal, then what, why, like why aren't we putting other things in place? But
0: I agree. Only Yep. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed and keep praying that our festivals won't get canceled, but
1: yeah, I think anybody's going to save the day. It's going to be Pascal with insomniac. Like, yeah. He always finds a way to make things work. So if anybody's gonna save it, hopefully EDC gets saved.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, um to a lighter note now. <laughs> favorite type of music, favorite genre, favorite artists. Let's hear it. What it what, what
1: are yours? Well, I am a big house music fan. Okay, Waxman is like one of my favorites. Anything on the Dirty Bird label, I kind of, I guess it's kind of called that like G House where it's got a little more like hip hop vibes into it. Yeah. Um, I like to call it Ratchet House because it's a little more, you know, like get on the floor, shake your booty shake type your booty, stuff. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, that's like my up music. And then uh, Lane 8, I actually just saw him in Denver on Saturday and like, Oh, all the feels, all of the emotions. I absolutely love his new album. Like, he's my most listened to artist on Spotify. I absolutely Did you get love that notification
0: the- from Spotify?
1: No, I didn't. I think it's because I listen to a lot of stuff offline. Ah. So that maybe is that. But I, I mean, for the past two years, when they do the like, unwrapped thing, yeah. he's been my like, number one artist. So- Always. I also like his, I listen to him more on SoundCloud, I feel like too, cause he puts out these like two hour mixes every season. So nice. they'll just put that on. And then it's like, like I said, it's two I mean, he played, he played for two and a half hours on Saturday. And by the end, I was just like exhausted. I was like, wow, because I did not stop dancing for the full like two and a half. I took like one bathroom break and that was it. <laughs>
0: that's that's great, that's amazing. And like you said, I think you mentioned something about it that his shows are like one of those no no phones experiences where they put the, you have to put your phones away or in like a little- Yeah, when
1: you walk in, they put like this blue piece of tape around your phone. Yeah. Um, around the like camera or whatever. And it says like, this never happened on it. It's got the date, which is like pretty cool. But yeah, like you have to show that that tape is like on your phone, which That's is cool. really cool. So yeah. anytime there was like a big drop or like when he was opening, like you didn't see everybody's like phones out. You know, whenever whenever you're at a show and the person's like the headliner is about to go on, and everybody like brings out their phones, like it was just no screens. Like I also feel like you fully felt his like visuals. You know what I mean?
0: Totally. Um, You know, Grizz did something like that, very similar at the Fillmore um, during his Red Rocks run this past August. Um, They threw your phone into like a little baggie. and
1: Yeah, that's way more intense than what we did.
0: (laughs) Um, And Grizz is doing that again at uh, the Avant Gardener in Brooklyn. Uh, Was it third and fourth? Yeah.
1: See, that takes it another step, though, because the nice thing was, is even though I couldn't film, like if I needed to text my friend and be like, hey this is where we're located like they could still come find us whereas when you lock your phone away like the people you're with are the people you're with like you like you're fully immersed in it because you can't even like send a text message you know
0: it was driving me crazy because i was at the show and my phone was like buzzing in my pocket i would pull it out and you can't see you can't I put it on do
1: not disturb
0: (laughs) exactly but i honestly prefer those experiences better because like you said you're just immersed there you're with your friends it gives you the opportunity to go out of your way to meet new friends Mm because you know i feel like people's fallback of like being nervous or shy to go outreach and meet new people is just to pull out their phone and look at their phone and you can't do Mm -hmm. that there so very
1: cool also i just make myself do it like i'll have like a no phones maybe not a whole show but like a no phone set like at a festival i think because i'm constantly creating content and i'm like you know like part of my job is to get like 15 second videos so i can, like post on my story and like you know kind of like let people into the experience yep. but there will be like or a day at a festival or like a couple sets where i'm like okay I'm going to put my phone away and I like forced myself to do that or like Bonnaroo one year, I left my phone in my friend's glove box the entire time because I like got, I didn't get a ticket as a content creator. I was just a regular attendee and I was like, you know what, I do this way too much. Like I, I'm just going to completely put my phone away and I had to like set up meeting places, utilize totems. Like I was just completely on my own. And so even though I do that, it was nice to kind of be in a room full or like everybody else is forced to do it too. You know? Definitely.
0: Very cool. Well, you know, I feel like we're coming to the end of our conversation now, but do you have any things that you want to last minute, like plug yourself with or plug anybody or anything? You know?
1: Oh, well, first, thanks to you for having me on here. I've listened to a couple of your episodes and I've really enjoyed somebody who loves festivals as much as I do. So thanks for reaching out to me and having me on here. Uh, If you guys don't follow me, Instagram's uh, platform I use the most. It's at where's underscore Amanda. Uh, My next festival will be Coachella, if it happens fingers crossed yep. um, and then probably lightning in a bottle and Bonnaroo of course so if you're gonna be a Bonnaroo would love to meet up uh, and then Electric Forest and then who knows after that TBD on the rest of the year
0: TBD well next time you come or we ever meet I will make sure to have some stacks of radiate positivity stickers in my hand to give yeah. to you and to love pass it. out to people spread the love show the love um Thank you so much for coming on again. And like I do with all my guests, we go into a little music break before I'm going to do a lot of segment and wrap up the show. So what song would you like me to play?
1: Ooh, let's do Brightest Lights by Lane 8.
0: Brightest Lights by Lane 8 coming your way on Festival Freaks Radio. Amanda, thank you so much again for coming on. This has been a huge pleasure and I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, have a good one.
0: Alrighty, bye-bye. And we're back here on the Festival Freaks podcast. I hope you enjoyed that little music break right there. That first song that I played was a special request by our special guest, Amanda Cosenza, a.k.a. Where's Amanda? Um, That song was Brightest Lights by Lane 8, the title track off of Lane 8's latest album, Brightest Lights. And... The second song that I played for you was Treat You Better by Rufus Dussol off of their 2018 album, Soulless. We are caught up in all the feels right now. All the feels. And yeah, um, Amanda, again, thank you so much for coming on. It was a huge pleasure having you on the show. I mentioned this at the beginning, but again, I think Amanda, you know, she is that embodiment of that entrepreneurship in the music festival industry and that's you know she taking her skills and taking your talents and combining it with your hobbies and your interests and creating a career where you are loving every single minute of it you are in engulfed in this music festival community and um she has done a really good job at it and clearly has succeeded a bunch and it's something that um i believe that myself and Plenty of other people that I've met through putting together this podcast are trying to do. And that's, you know, hone in our talents, our craft. For me personally, you know, um, I remember when I was in college and my friend Evan, shout out Evan Hainos. he doesn't really realize, but he is the birth of what Festival Freaks Radio is now because I got into the booth for his University of Maryland radio show, I sat down as a special guest. I was like, yo, I love this. Like, I want to do more of this. And he brought me on as basically his co-host. And then I started doing more and more shows. And to the point where I was like, you know, this is a lot of fun. This is what I want to do. Why don't I start a podcast? And then, you know, building on into the future, like now, I work for an event production company, Uh, everything from lights and audio and video and all of the really cool things that go into productions. And I want to start, you know, throwing events, putting on shows, building Festival Freaks Radio outside of just a podcast. And, um, you know, whether it be a promotion company or a production company or whatever it may be, you know, I, I'm setting goals for myself and combining it with my hobbies and interests. And hopefully at the end of the day, I'll, like, look down the road of, um, doing all this work and being like, wow, like, I'm so happy doing what I'm doing right now. And I absolutely love it. So, um, yeah, I think Amanda was kind of just a really cool embodiment of that entrepreneurship in the music festival industry. So it was great to hear from her and think about her, um, you know, her successes and her trials and tribulations and whatnot. And then it was really cool to talk to her about, you know, just festival life because we all enjoy that shit. Am I right? But anyways, moving forward for the Festival Freaks, what we got coming up, a new episode is going to be released next week as well. Very excited to put that one out. Um, I got a special guest that I can't wait to share with you on the airwaves. Um, On top of that, we were supposed to go to Deja Vu. A lot of us Festival Freaks are still going to Deja Vu. Unfortunately, I am not. I've been put on a travel ban list, aka a flying ban. Um... I got into a crazy snowboarding accident a couple weeks ago, and right as soon as I was about to go into surgery, uh, the doctor was like, yeah, so you can't fly for three to four months, and I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, what? I have a trip to go to Mexico in like three weeks. She's like, yeah, you're not going anymore. I'm like, are you just saying that, or like, can I really not go? She's like, you can't go anymore. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So, No more deja voom. Lucky enough, I was able to find somebody to sell my package to because that would have sucked to lose out on that much money um, just because of a stupid snowboarding accident. But I found someone, a good friend of mine, who's going to take my package. So check that off the list. Um, But upcoming in Brooklyn, uh, we have the Grizz No Phone Show. It's going to be an immersive experience. Uh, I went to the one in Fillmore in Denver, and now he's about to do a two-night run in Brooklyn. Um, No phone shows. They're going to be really cool. They're going to be a lot of fun. You're going to see us on the dance floor shaking, getting down, and grooving. Um, But overall, we are doing our thing. We are still putting out content. Thank you to all of my people that are listening to this podcast right now. You're what is helping festival of Th- freaks thrive and keep going and doing our thing so i'm gonna sign off for the day aaron shuckman here telling you to keep showing that love keep spreading that love and keep radiating that positivity and i will catch you next time peace